Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks number 165 for June 24th, 2016. I am Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. So I wanted to do a little bit of follow-up on last week's uh, story about the Air Force losing all of those... uh, (laughs) <laughs> like 10 years of database or 100,000 records of their entire uh, fraud system and all that stuff. Well, they, I guess they found them. Oh, good. Where, yeah. where, where did they pat them? I don't know. I think somebody left them in the, the couch cushions. Okay. Uh, no, they they had experts come in working day and night and they like it, they have a four sentence press release. Like, yeah, we found them. Never mind. I guess <laughs> nothing like bad press to get you off your ass to find <laughs> find out where your files went. I suppose so. Well, I'm glad that they looked under the covers. Uh, and uh, Tronk, little Tronk follow-up. Yes. <laughs> the Verge has a, an awesome article. Uh, it's Tronk <laughs> threatens a nightmare hellscape of video content in new warning to employees. <laughs> it, this yeah. Is, it's a video I, that's supposed to be like rallying the troops for all the new stuff that Tronk's going to do. I watched it. Oh, my God. It is, it is jargon soup. Yeah, I mean, this rewind, it's it's like they tore out every single page of Wired's old like buzzwords of the month and just threw them all into one thing. Uh, this actually terrifies me. It really I, does. It doesn't terrify. I think it's funny. I'm like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, who reads the paper anyway? So what's it, you know, who cares? It's not a paper, Jason. That's, that's the whole point of Tronk. They're going to be funneling entertainment media news videos down your throat using 24/7. all kinds of methods. Machine learning and AI. Machine learning and AI to, to make sure that the best and uh, worst content coming from the LA Times gets shoved down your Chicagoans' throats. I know. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you people? Oh, it's the new, new. Welcome to the world we live in now. Oh. Yep. No, it was honestly, and the they've got a trailer at the bottom that's worth watching too. And a vine. And a vine, of course, because <laughs> we have to hit all mediums. Uh, Speaking of all mediums, have you heard about the Internet Creators Guild? I believe you mentioned them last week. I know I was going to mention them last week. um, Oh. So I put them in the show this week. Right. Uh, Yes. uh, This guy, Hank Green, I guess uh, he's a YouTuber. Yeah. And uh, he wants to create the Internet Creators Guild where people who make YouTube videos can be Mm -hmm. protected from the man. Okay. Yeah. So like a union. Yes. Basically a union. Okay. I just take umbrage with the name Internet Creators Guild. Um, It should be Internet Content Creators Guild. Exactly. Because the Internet Creators Guild are the people that made the fucking Internet. Not you, (laughs) you little YouTube schmuck. Um, But he does have some interesting, uh, interesting numbers in here. At 100,000 views a month, you're still making a fairly significant bit of income from YouTube. If you can do it consistently, that's about $2,500 a year. That's significant. I don't know what you can, you can't live on $2,500 a month, let alone a year. Uh, no, not really. Especially not if you're out here in LA where a lot of these YouTubers are based. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, he gets in the millions. So, um, yeah, well, good for him. But the interesting, the other interesting thing is, uh, how many people do you think hit a million views a month in their channels now? Oh, it's gotta be like, it's well, it's the one percenters, right? 37,000. Okay, out of how many people that are regularly creating content? Well, you'd figure, you know, <laughs> millions and millions. But yes, yeah, so yeah. 37,000 is a pretty high number for a million views. I, I was pretty impressed with that. 
Well, the world does live on YouTube. These how days. many how many people live in Venice and Santa Monica? About thirty seven thousand. Well, that are. explains why everybody's just out with their cameras all day long. Yep, and nobody's working around here. Yeah, <laughs> now change the name, dude. This is ridiculous. You you, uh, you sound like a schmuck. I'm all for the idea of creating a union of the snake, as it were. Um, I think <laughs> nice that's one. The, yeah. Thank you. A little Duran Duran nod there. Uh, I, yeah, unions. Unions are good things. We we could use some of them back. We'd be having less problems in the world if we had some unions. So so by all means, I like this concept. I I want I want to see this sort of thing happening, and I think it should. I think it's a very good thing. Go but, take a uh, look at their uh, board and their advisors, <laughs> because so far it looks like a bunch of uh, comedians and. Uh, you know, YouTubers, not yeah. not well, lawyers they, they or, you know, yeah. they're going to need some of the lawyers and business type peoples. Yeah, they've got like one lawyer. And I think he's just uh, one of the people that's their advisory board. But uh, yeah, no, this is I fear this is doomed to fail. It's going to be a joke. No, oh, I think so, too. But I, I applaud the concept and may somebody come along and take it and do it properly. Yes. And uh, I found this great video that I threw in the, the show notes. It's uh, uh, Radiohead's Creep versus The Air That I Breathe. Uh, yes. This this acoustic band does a little rendition of it, which and they like lay, lay them side by side, and it's pretty fun. But you know, Radiohead actually paid the royalties for using the other band's music. So, but we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about Led Zeppelin shortly. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. And the uh, the Future Cities segment on Wired UK is continuing. Parts mm-hmm. two and three are up, which is pretty cool. Oh, good. I'll have to go. They're still sticking with the same. I thought they'd be moving around to different cities. No, I think everything everything so far is just Shenzhen. So. All right. I guess uh, I guess it's just that's the future city. So it should be called future city, not future cities. Yeah. Well, maybe next so season. So if we're going to be all pedantic about naming things, I think we should do that. But I think it, it might run in seasons. Like maybe they'll do like five episodes in one city and then the next season will be another city. Uh, well, the, yeah, I, I'd like to believe that, except unfortunately it's Wired UK, isn't it? Yeah. They got uh, some problems. <laughs> Hashtag Brexit. We'll talk Bre- about that in a bit. Yes, Brexit. <laughs> Brexit through the gift shop. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, the Led Zeppelin thing. Let's let's quickly just get back to that, so we won't be talking about it again. As of yesterday, the jury came back and uh, not guilty. So not guilty. Music history will not be rewritten. Uh, jury found Led Zeppelin. Uh, Robert Plant and guitarist Jimmy Page not guilty of copyright infringement on perhaps their most famous song, "Stairway to Heaven." Uh, this is uh, it's a, it's good. Uh, because, you know, as as we've all been discussing, especially uh, me and my little group of musician friends, uh, there's only so many chords in the world. There's only so many song structures, particularly if you're working in the milieu of rock or pop music. Um, so this opens up the ability for people to be continue to be creative without too much worry or fear. It is an interesting thing, though, that uh, the whole um, blurred lines thing, which was just based on a feeling um, you know, they got screwed on it. And uh, Led Zeppelin, where it's actual notes that were basically note for note copied uh they get off so well you know here's the deal uh stairway to heaven's brought in over half a billion dollars you get better lawyers yeah i that's yeah that was kind of the takeaway that many of us were snickering about was uh well they they got they you know the blurred lines people just didn't get very good lawyers uh zeppelin did um and speaking of lawyers uh star trek the paramount property uh that has had some issues with fan films and things like that they have finally released their uh their fan film approval guidelines yeah <laughs> so this is uh oh i don't even know how to put this it's i mean it's like kind of good news for some people but yep. not the axinar folks because they fall no. completely right out of this 
No, I, I think it's a great move on Paramount and CBS's part to do this, to to provide a guideline in which creating things within the universe is totally acceptable and they'll let you do it. Uh, but I'm also not surprised that Axon Art does not fall into that category because basically they're trying to do a real full movie. Uh, Paramount and CBS are saying, hey, we're glad you love our stuff. You want to do some 15-minute shorts, uh, you know, with little parts and don't use any of our major characters and don't rewrite our history? By all means. Yep. And uh, fun. you want to make a real fucking movie and make money off of it? Tough shit. Pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I understand. Uh, they own they own the property. Yep. Um, so some of the some of the terms you cannot uh, have a uh, budget more than fifty thousand dollars. OK, fair so enough. That's fine. Uh, fan production cannot be distributed in a physical format such as DVD or Blu-ray. OK. Also agree with that. Yeah. Totally fine. I don't see that being an issue. Right. If, yep, if you're going to if you're going to use uh, Star Trek related merchandise like uniforms, they must not be knockoffs. You actually actually have to go buy the official uniforms, which I think is fine. Yep. I'm totally fine with that as well. There's a bunch of other ones. It'll be linked in the show notes. But yeah, check it out if you're thinking about going out and uh, putting on some Spock ears and making your own fan fiction. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, again, I'm totally fine with this. I, I think it's a good thing that they did. And I think people that are pissing and moaning about it don't understand the concept of property rights. And had it been them that came up with the original, they'd be pissed off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. There what you go. are you going to do? <laughs> um, so, uh, Apple, remember the, uh, the Apple antitrust ebook settlement that Why, happened yes, a long time ago. Yes, I do. How much did you get back? I got back $58.85. You beat me. I got 41.20 back. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Here's I the guess I bought more ebooks. But the interesting thing about it is, well, I, I use Audible. <laughs> so. Yeah. And now I basically everything is Kindle. So um, yeah. the interesting thing was originally when it was told, when it came out, it said that you could only use it to buy other Kindle books, which is completely yeah. not true. Yes. It's I not already, true. yeah, I already used up all my $41.20. Which is, uh, you know, points to Apple for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike Ticketmaster. Well, actually, I think this is more points to Amazon instead of oh, yeah. Apple. Points to Amazon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the Ticketmaster thingy. The Ticketmaster thing is also the the very very long 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 time ago class action lawsuit, uh, and they basically Ticketmaster has to give back a lot of money or free tickets and things like that to to all of us. Um, I had a windfall of these things. I don't know how many you had, Jason, but zero. I, Oh, I had, because this is, what was it from? It was from the year, like, 2001. Oh, it was 1999 oh, to, like, 1999 2011 or 2013. So yeah. I went to a metric poop ton to, of, of shows during that period. I've got, like, 50 free two passes. I've got another almost $500 in, in, in you know, $2 off, $3 off, $5 off, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the catch being, you can't use them on anything you want to. There is a approved list of items that you can use them on. Oh, and let me guess. You can only go to venues that Ticketmaster owns. Uh, technically Live Nation, but yes. But uh, Ticketmaster is an uh, investor in okay. Live Nation. Yes, yes. So it can only be uh, the, those venues, and it's not every show at those venues. Uh, and they have a, a nice little site where you can go and, and see all the shows in which you can w- redeem your, your certificates or your vouchers or your dollars off. Uh, you cannot search that list. <laughs> nice. You cannot okay. Look through it geographically. You have uh, you cannot view more than I believe twenty items per page. Uh, so this list is fucking unusable. Um, <laughs> you have to sit there and just scroll through everything, and and there's nothing in there. So unless you really want to see the bare naked ladies, or maybe you know hooting the blowfish or whatever, uh, it's it, the whole idea. Basically, is you're not going to redeem crap. 
Uh, so there you go. So I'm sensing there'll be a second uh, class action lawsuit now about how we're able to redeem these things. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Now, just as a note, because uh, people may not have noticed about this, there is a place where you can sign up for the air quotes, periodically updated shows that will be released uh, we, with no explanation of how often that'll be, uh, but we'll have a link on our show notes so you can go sign up for that so you can be notified if they, if and when they ever add anything, which will not be anywhere near you or something you're not interested in seeing. Fun times, fun times. Yes, awesome guys. Yeah, I had to deal with Ticketmaster this week because Hamilton tickets went on sale for here in Chicago. I had four computers checking, you know, or trying to buy tickets for yep. over an hour. Nope. No hey, way, no day. Same, I, you know, when I tried to get tickets for The Cure or The Hollywood Bowl when they went on sale, three shows, could not get a damn ticket. So I was trying to actually, like, pick my seats. Yep. And no, that didn't work. My brother finally got through with the find some seats for me feature, which, yep. you know, they're pretty crappy seats. And we have to go in February, I think, or January, months and months after it opens. But uh he finally got something. So I guess something's better than nothing. Cause if you go to the scalper sites, whoo doggy, that is just a ripoff. Even it's even worse than Ticketmaster, If you can believe that. Uh, yeah, it's pretty insane. Well, yeah, Ticketmaster sucks. And, uh, the, uh, class action lawsuit got us basically fuck all in the news. Oh boy, Jason. Oh boy, Brian. I am a melange of disappointed you despaired, are disappointed <laughs> despaired and uh, with a healthy dash of 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 terrified I, I and why is that brian that'd be brexit uh yes brexit which uh, just happened last night if you are not aware of this uh the uk has how can anybody no, not be aware of this at this point well uh, i could people in the country weren't terribly aware of what they were voting for we know that much already yes as all of the stock markets tanked today all of the stock markets tank today as the UK has uh, decided to remove itself from the European Union, which it has been a part of for almost four decades now. Uh, this is the first time in modern era, era when our modern economy and a democratic nation has decided to extract yourself from a, a, uh, a very large economic <laughs> and political. Uh, we're screwed, Jason. Why are we <laughs> screwed? <laughs> uh, we're all screwed. Uh we're all screwed. This is going to tank our economy for a long time. It's going to take a long time for it to come back to rights if it even does. Uh, the main reason that we're screwed is this is not so much a, a well-thought-out uh, economic plan or uh, or hope that something was going to happen. Basically, what we're seeing in the news today is the uh, the people that won this, uh, the the people that pushed for the leaving, uh, leaving the union are, are kind of just sitting there going, yeah, we don't really know what to do now. Yeah. And the um, funny thing is, it's like everybody was saying, oh, it's going to take a long time. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be all this paperwork. We have to redo all the trade deals. We have to do all the tariff deals, all of this stuff. And, um, and then the EU parliament leader came out, came out today. It's like, get the fuck out of here now. We want you gone as soon as possible. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we're yep. going to, we're going to fast track this one because you're idiots. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is a victory for right wing. This is a victory for racism. This is a victory for uh, fear mongering and, and terror over immigration, all of which uh, made our countries much stronger than they are. Um, oh, shit. Get- We're going to get Donald Trump this year, aren't we? That is why there's the healthy dash of fear, Jason. Yeah, this this is the equivalent of the Trump party. And as many people are saying now, if you don't think Trump can happen, look what just happened in Britain. Yes. 
Uh, Andy Borowitz has a great, uh, we have a bunch of links in the show notes on this. We'll just kind of gloss over them. Has a great, uh, funny article. British lose the right to claim that the Americans are dumber. Which was, I think, the best of the bunch. Um, I was cracking up on that one. That's a very good one. Uh, The Esquire novel, or novel, well, it's close to, it's very long. The Esquire article, Why Brexit is Much, Much Scarier Than You Think, is a must read if you are not aware of why this is terrifying. Um, I particularly enjoyed the news that's coming out. Uh, the Verge did a report on it that Google uh, search spikes uh, suggest people don't know why they voted for Brexiting. Oh my! Because God. people are stupid and they don't. Yeah, and they woke up the next morning and, and saw the abject horror and panic on the learned and educated and all over the news, and they watched the pound deteriorate in value. Then they started to Google what they just voted for. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, there's also a link in the show notes to uh, Fast Company, which is doing a here's all the latest news on Brexit uh, updated page throughout the day. Most of it isn't pretty, as it states. Uh, it just kind of runs through all the shitty things that are currently happening because of this, mostly financial, of course. Uh, there's also a lot breaking up. I mean, basically, the, the, uh, in, in voting to save the United Kingdom, they have basically ended the United Kingdom. Uh, Scotland is going to start a second referendum to leave. Yeah, they're uh, the, out. Yeah, Ireland's going to unify. Maybe even unifying and then leaving the United Kingdom. So well played, Britain. Well played. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you had a dick, you just stepped on it. Yeah. And unfortunately, you've now squirted blood over the rest of the world. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, but if you really want the in-depth insight that <laughs> only... Get from luminaries. Might I suggest Lindsay Lohan's Twitter feed because uh, she is very involved in the Brexit situation, and I her following her Twitter for the past few days has just been a joy. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, so, what does Vox say about it here? Uh, as the results of Britain's historic vote on whether to leave the European Union begin to trickle in this evening, tense poll watchers and social media were treated to a rather bizarre yet remarkably delightful surprise. It turns out that adored child star turned tabloid and font terrible, Lindsay Lohan is really, really passionate about Brexit, <laughs> and it is a it is a hoot. It so. is it is kind of a hoot. <laughs> All right, let's move on from potential world well so well speaking of catastrophes you have a lot of stock in tesla don't you yes i do unfortunately everything's tanked today so it don't matter yeah okay (laughs) but uh, yeah uh, elon musk's tesla offers to acquire elon musk's solar city for 2.8 billion dollars and the only thing i saw was that the the stock kind of tanked yeah it did uh on did it rebound yet before brexit it did a little bit, not all the way. Uh, so it's, you know, it's emotional trading. It is an odd situation for uh, you to basically say, I'm going to go buy this other company that I'm on the board of just because I'm on the board of it. They are related uh, to, you know, they, Tesla does not say they're a car fa- uh, car company. They say that they're like an electronic or an energy innovation company and uh, solar panels solar city is it is an energy company as well so uh you know it's just uh it seems a bit odd okay so eh, we'll see what happens anyways i have a feeling it's gonna be quite some time until uh we see the economy coming back up to begin with yay (laughs) (laughs) yeah good times uh so i was talking about my uh my problems with Hamilton tickets. Yes. Uh, New York is going to criminalize the use of ticket scalping bots. How are they going to prove it? I don't know. Okay. And, and it's, it's not a felony. It's only a class A misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they're caught, it's a thousand dollar fine and up to a year in prison. Good. Uh, uh, fine with I, me. Fine with me. Again, I mean, I'm all for 
you know, anything that we can do to stop this whole this whole scourge of the bots and and then you know secondary market sales. I, you know, I I would even say you should make people like. I think you should make the secondary markets partially responsible for this. Uh, you should be looking into how many tickets exactly are you selling for this show? How come you just don't have a pair of tickets? You shouldn't be able to put 100 pairs of tickets up for a show. You should just not be able to do that. Yeah. So people are, people are making a living on StubHub doing, the, doing just that. Exactly. Exactly. So we need to do something about this. It is ridiculous. Um, we have the technology. This is possible. So good. Well, you know, we can go back to what we were talking about with the New York Comic Con. Everybody's got to prove who they are and they're buying tickets for themselves. I agree. I I (laughs) think that's a good thing. I would be fine with that if it would get me a damn seat. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, the whole point is let the fans get their tickets. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just uh, it's not fair. I don't even (laughs) care about Hamilton. It's just the, the whole I was about to say, off. what is up with you in Hamilton? I had no idea that you were that into it. I'm, I'm, I'm a musical theater nerd. I love going to the theater and seeing it, but the stuff that I've seen of Hamilton just yeah. does not get me excited. But my dad's buying it for you know because we all, all our birthdays and anniversaries are on the same week in August, right. so we call it the Filippo Fest. My brother's <laughs> 20 years younger than me, so he turns 25 this year. I turn. 45 mm-hmm, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's their anniversary. So like back to back, we have all these like family things happen. So he right. went out and bought uh, a very expensive tickets for Hamilton for all of us to go, uh, go see it. So, yeah. So it's a free ticket. I'm going, maybe it'll, you know, be good. Everybody's yeah. raving about it, but yeah, just, you know, historical hip hop doesn't really, it's not something <laughs> I, I, I think about jumping out of bed for in the morning, you know? Yeah. Well, the rest of the world seems to be, into it though i know so, i know so there's something to it you you let me know when you see it in like a year and a half that's uh, january so it's not that far off it's six months right yeah. now uh, have you been reading up on blockchain i've been months? reading up on some uh aspects of it which we cover in security today uh the ethereum doa hack for starters yes Okay. Yeah. I, I have not really been, uh, this is something like Bitcoin. This is just like Bitcoin for me where it, at well, first it is, I was like, it, let me is, look into this. And then I was like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's Bitcoin 2.0. It's the same, same kind of technology, blockchain, blockchain technology. But uh, this one is a little bit different because you can write custom code to do all of these um, contracts. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, why don't you take it away, Brian? Well, yeah. Recode has a pretty deep date breakdown on this uh, on how blockchains can be really really bad or how techno futurists can ruin the world yeah there's no. there's a lot of debates going on with the ethereum stuff and we cover a lot of that in in security but uh these people are they got ripped off for 50 million dollars and it wasn't yeah. it was because they had shitty code it's not yeah. because it was you know everything that this guy did or gal was mm-hmm. within the rules of the, yeah. the software so yeah, and that's what this article really kind of gets into, which is at the end of the day, it's about the code rules. The code rules, no matter what. If you happen to have bad code, tough, tough crap for you. See, that's and, the thing that the code's written by humans. Humans are fallible. Ergo, yes. code is fallible. Yes, and but that is not the belief behind this. The belief behind this is code is always infallible. Yeah, but, well, I don't care how many unit tests you run, code can still suck. <laughs> uh, iTunes. Yeah. There you go, people. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, <clears throat> whatever. Moving on. Uh, the, the 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 whole thing with cryptocurrency is I'm just staying away from it. Although, oh, yeah. Although right now at this point, it might be a good bet. <laughs> actually, uh, Bitcoin apparently rose because of uh, the, the issues with the pound. So, oh, that's but uh, yeah, I'm staying away from it, too. I might as well just go with gold at this point. 
Okay, you turn it into a prepper. Back to now, you flip back to my side of the the coin, the gold coin, as it were. Gold coin. <laughs> my side of the doubloon. Um, so Google has yes. jumped on this arbitration craze, saying that no, you cannot have a class action lawsuit against us. Everything must go to arbitration, and yep. you have thirty days from June 9th to go. If you're a Google Fiber user, mm-hmm. go and opt out of this arbitration clause. Uh, the link oh. will be in the show notes. I've uh, everybody that I know that's on Google fiber I've contacted, but, um, and they, they all ran on immediately and, and got, you know, opted yeah. out of it. So if you are on Google fiber immediately, as soon as you're done listening to the show, actually you can pause and Do go, right go to the show notes and, and go opt out of this arbitration clause. Cause it's bullshit. It is bullshit. Although, you know, all it does is give you the right to have a class action lawsuit. So you can get absolutely nothing like from Ticketmaster. Well, maybe, maybe it's Google. Maybe they'll throw you in a few kilobits per second extra per month, you know. Maybe. But yes, I, I do go sign this. This is ridiculous. Uh, we cannot let these corporations get away with this. Uh, speaking of corporations, Twitter, mm-hmm. who has no idea what they're doing anymore. What? You've come around <laughs> to my way of thinking about it? Oh, no. I've, I've thought that for a long time. I just, you know, Although I still I find it to... useful. I still find Twitter useful. I just don't I think it. they know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> I found it very useful doing the whole Brexit thing. Some of the best stuff I've seen, uh, laugh out loud, funny, uh, the best commentary. It's been fantastic. Oh, did you see the um, the Grand Tour video? Yes. Okay. We, we should put that in the show notes for sure. If you have not seen the, I was going to say Top Gear, the formerly Top Gear hosts uh, made, a, made a funny Brexit video, but uh, sadly, maybe they'll move to France. That would be funny. Uh, <laughs> yes, it- so Twitter has bought a company called Magic Pony. Oh. <laughs> uh, for reportedly about $150 million. Okay. So for machine learning to do what? Uh, it's visual image processing. So mm, they're going to tell what's going in your photos and live video and your periscopes and shit like that. I can tell you exactly what's going on in your periscopes. A lot of penises. <laughs> so uh, this is... A, this comes on the back of a couple other acquisitions. One was Mad Bits, um, and the other one was Hwet Lab, W-H-E-T Lab, uh, and now Magic Pony. How are these people like being taken seriously with names like this? It, You're just talking to a guy who named his company Slender Fungus and ran that for 20 years. That's true. I had a company called Vapid, which I yeah, think I should have should have kept. <laughs> Ahead of its time, Jason. I know Enigma Labs just doesn't quite cut it. But uh, yes, Magic Pony is now part of Twitter and they're in London. So maybe they'll be moving soon, too. (laughs) Oh, I bet Twitter feels like, oh, if we just would have waited a little bit longer, it would have cost us a lot less money. Yep. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) They could have got it for a hell of a lot less. Yeah. You would have probably only paid about, I don't know, 75 million now. Yep. Uh, And in funny news, a Russian robot has escaped the laboratory. Okay. Uh, these guys had a robot that was uh, basically in the backyard and it was uh, doing a study on independent movement and somebody forgot to lock the gate and it busted out and it uh, didn't get very far because its battery died in the middle of the road. But it was well, very funny. It's a pretty successful test then. I think it is too. And uh, the funny thing about it is at the end of the, the article, this comes from PopSci. The good news is for now, they're less Skynet and more Stray Cat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. And uh, going back to the live video stuff, Tumblr is doing live video. Oh, boy. Yeah, it launched on the 21st, so three days ago. And I go to this page that's supposed to have all of the live Tumblr videos, and there's nothing there. Well, there's already five different services that nobody cares about. Yeah. (laughs) So, (sighs) I mean, 
the question is, Tumblr is launching live video this week. Will anyone watch? As we know of Betteridge's Law of Headlines, no. No. No one will launch. <laughs> uh, anyways, okay. No one, will, no one will watch, not launch. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 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 there's no good segue for this one, so I'm not going to bother. Um, recent study has said that one in 10 Cal State students are homeless. That is my home state of California. Uh, study initiated by California State University says an estimated 8 to 12 percent of its 460,000 students are homeless. Uh, that adds an estimated 21 to 24 percent are food insecure, which means that they are butt ass poor. Um, mm. Yeah, that's not good. I can't believe there's 460,000 students in in college in California. That's just the Cal State programs, which is basically, yeah. you know, you know, this glorified extra year of high school. <laughs> okay. So anyways, that that's sucks. nuts. Yeah. Uh, and then in the supremely bad news, which I, from the Supreme Court even, um, they say that police may use evidence found after illegal stops. That's some bullshit right there. That is what, that is like, what the fuck bullshit? Yeah. No, so, I, that that's... It's an illegal stop. How can so you? I'm, yeah. So basically, this is also legitimizing what we talked about uh, the Oklahoma people just a, a couple of weeks ago, where they are taking the money electronically. Yeah. Due process. So basically, that's now that's totally legal. Apparently. Wow. Wow. I, um, I don't know how this is possible. I. I this is the Supreme what Court. What is going on in the world, Jason? What the fuck? This is the Supreme Court. They should be the ones that are actually Check smart. And it was a five to three. So apparently, everyone, the ends now justify the means. Yeah. Good Lord. I give up. Me too. Bring on Trump. Security? Ha! And we're back this week with Dave Bittner from the Cyberwire podcast. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing great. Uh, good to be back. Uh, so what do we have this week that is going to scare the shit out of us? <laughs> well, uh, there's a lot going on this week. Actually, uh, there was an interesting, uh, lots of interesting talk about uh, Rule 41. There's been a push uh, by law enforcement to uh, to change Rule 41. Rule 41 is the rule that uh, authorizes federal magistrate judges to issue warrants for law enforcement searches and seizures. Um, that sounds pretty straightforward. One of the restrictions on Rule 41 is that uh, a judge has to issue the warrant in the jurisdiction where the law enforcement people want to conduct the search. There is a rule change proposed, an amendment to Rule 41 that would basically water down that restriction and it would allow the government to apply for warrants in a jurisdiction or, or even conduct remote searches of computers located in another location. And that is the sticky wicket that is uh, raising people's hackles. Yeah, what could go wrong there? Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's interesting about this, I mean, law enforcement makes the case that um, that this is sort of uh, holding them back on, on what are legitimate searches. In other words, if someone uh, who's doing bad things with a computer hides themselves behind, hides their location behind something like Tor or even something like a VPN, um, then law enforcement can't say to the judge, this is where this person is located. They don't know where they're located. So it, it makes it more difficult for the judge to issue a warrant. So they, they, their point is, is, not, uh, is not necessarily a bad one. But the people on the other side of this argument are saying that uh, there's all kinds of bad things that can happen here. For example, uh, law enforcement could basically shop around for a judge uh, anywhere in the country who may not be uh, up on cyber issues and, uh, and say to this judge, please issue this search warrant for us. And the judge could say, oh, sure, that sounds reasonable to me. 
Um, and now we have a, a, a search warrant that maybe wasn't as uh, properly considered as one uh, from a judge who was uh, who, who was required to to uh, order it from from somewhere else. Now, come on, we we know all judges everywhere are so computer literate, and you know they would they would never fall for something like that. <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it's it, yeah, it's an interesting point. I mean, for example, you would expect a judge who was say, for example, in Texas to be up on a uh, law about the uh, oil business, Ju- and similarly, you would expect a judge in Silicon Valley to be up on computer-related things. So if we went to our judge, if law enforcement said, well, let's go to the oil guy to make decisions about our, our computer stuff, might not be the best, uh, the best choice uh, uh, to go for, right? Yeah. Hey, at least they're not messing with Rule 34. Because you know, if they, if it exists, there is porn of it. You have to, you have to, you get, you have to stick with Rule Thirty Four. Rule Forty One, they can play with That's all right. they want. That's right. Yes, absolutely. All right, moving on. Moving on. Ah, <laughs> uh, hundred and fifty-four million voter records exposed. What is this? Boy, uh, you know, it's in another. It's another example of someone um, sticking a file online and uh, and inadvertently, probably through neglect. Uh, simply exposing the file um, to everyone. Yeah. Uh, a, a researcher, um, uh, Chris Vickery from Matt Keepers, a security researcher, and he found this instance of a database that was wide open for public access, no username, password, or any kind of authentication required. Um, and uh, it's a 154 million U.S. voter registration records uh, that were uh owned by a, a data brokerage firm who's uh, called L2, uh, not to be confused with L3, who is a cybersecurity firm. Um, so L2 confirmed the case. They said that this database was uh, purchased by one of their customers. Now, what's interesting about this is that um, L2's clients claimed that they'd been hacked, that their firewall had been taken down, and that uh, that's when the problems began. Um that doesn't have the ring of truth, as Judge Judy would say. <laughs> that that is that's what we always hear in these cases when someone uh, kind of makes a mistake. They throw up their hands and they say, "Oh, it must have been hackers." So um, there's yeah. there's a, <laughs> there's a lot of suspicion that that's probably what's going on here. That it was just neglect. But you know that 154 million uh, records in, that that doesn't just include names, addresses, and things like that. It includes things like whether or not someone is a gun owner. Um, yeah, so on, now, now we know where to go steal the guns from. <laughs> right, you know, people's positions on gay marriage, um, you know, lot, so whether someone's pro-life. So, you know, these are things that are, are, uh, are personal bits of information. Yeah, and, these are uh, non-trivial bits, there. non-trivial at all, you know. Yep, yep. Not yep. good. So, <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I mean, guys, if you still are running a gopher server, don't leave your databases lying around on it. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh, man. So uh, let's talk about Ethereum and the big DAO hack. Yeah, this is really fascinating. So uh, I actually talked to one of uh, one of our experts. We have a, a guy uh, named Jonathan Katz from the University of Maryland who's an expert on uh, on crypto. And he was telling us that uh, Ethereum is basically a Bitcoin 2.0. It's a it's a 
It's a new version of uh, a new way of handling digital currency online. One of the most interesting things about Ethereum and uh, the DAO, the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, is that they were coming at it from the perspective that the code is the law. The code sets the rules. Now, in most cases, what we do when we want to set up things, uh, we, we write the rules out using plain English, and then we try to translate those rules into computer code for the code to execute it. They came at this another way, and they said the, the code is – the way that the system's going to work is the code is the law. So what's interesting here is someone found an exploit in the code – and they were able to transfer about $50 million out of the system. And so now what do you do? The, the, if the code was the law, someone finds basically the equivalent of a loophole in a contract, right? A bug in the code is a loophole in the contract. They've taken the $50 million. What do you do? Do you change the law? Did, they weren't breaking the law. They were exploiting a loophole. So... Uh, Lots of uh, talking on from DAO and Ether. Uh, lots of people saying this could be the end of this particular experiment. Um, some I, I think saying, it's. I think it's. It might be time to call it a day <laughs> after fifty million dollars goes on walkabout. But he can't get the money yet. Isn't that true? Because it, it, it is, goes in kind of like a twenty-eight day escrow. That is correct. One of the the safeguards that's built into the system is that uh, they can't they can't access the money. Also, you know, this money has all sorts of dig digital signatures attached to it. So one of the uh, descriptions I heard this week was that it's kind of like stealing the Mona Lisa. It's, congratulations, you've got the Mona Lisa, but you can't sell it anywhere because it's the Mona Lisa. This this uh, all this money similarly. Uh, has all sorts of uh, identifying uh, factors associated with it. So it's not like they can just unload it easily at all. So it, it may just be that this this hack was sort of a an example, to, someone trying to make an example of the system to say, guys, you got a little more debugging to do. Yeah, and, you know, they were talking about doing a, doing a, a branch of the code to basically do a rollback and get the money back. But the hacker has been in contact with other people that are in the system saying, hey, man, I'll, I'll grease your palm if you grease mine and don't authorize, you know, the rollback. Yep. Which is very yep. interesting. It's like the hacker's like, hey, you know, I'll, it's profit sharing. I got the money. Yeah. Let's let's divvy it up a little bit. So <laughs> 50 million here, 50 million there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. Yeah, seriously. Um, Intel. We've we've all got Intel inside right now. And I saw that I saw this uh, uh, this boing boing report on the Intel management engine, which is a subsystem inside of every Intel chipset that basically can control your entire computer with uh, anybody can con control it if they get access to this management engine. Uh, have you guys covered this on on the show this week? Uh, it's interesting. I uh, know we, we did not cover it on, on our show this week, uh, but, uh, digging into this story, you know, it's an interesting thing. There are this, this notion of having a, a subset inside of your CPU, CPU is not a new one. Um, for example, um, uh, anyone who has an iPhone, the iPhone has a similar thing inside, basically a, a little part of the, the main processor that, uh, that does low power, uh, tracking of things. Um, in, in the iPhone's example, it can be used for, for doing uh, tracking your steps and things like that. So basically, it's a way for the iPhone to be able to do things using very little power instead of having to fire up the main CPU. What we're talking about with these in Intel systems is a little more sophisticated than that. Um, you know, it's something that's designed to make the system easier to manage for people in IT. They can manage the systems remotely. 
Um, but if someone gets access to it, the security researchers are saying basically uh, they can root your system and, um, and, and do all kinds of bad things, and there's no way for you to know that they can do it. Now, to be fair, this, the firmware is, uh, is encrypted, and it's using RSA uh, 2048, which is uh, pretty secure. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's, pretty hard it's, to crack. <laughs> basically, there's no, there, there's no reasonable way for anyone in the length of a human lifetime, even using the most powerful computers that are now accessible to us, to, to currently crack that, uh, that system. But that's not to say that someone in the future won't be able to figure out some way to crack it. Exactly. Some- because, yeah, you know, RSA 512 was, fun, was fine for a while. And then, well, guess what? We got GPUs now. We can crack that. Now we're at 2048. Yeah, it, it might take some time, but... Uh, you know, once we get to quantum computing, then yep. we have all these legacy machines sitting around. And once somebody can crack it, then like you know, that how about a botnet that <laughs> you know, that would be a pretty pretty nice sized botnet. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, this isn't. I don't think this is one of those things where you're going to have to worry about it right now in your day to day goings on. You know, it hasn't been. There's been no exploit of it yet. It is currently pretty locked down. The researchers who are trying to figure out what's going on and break into it or haven't been successful yet. Um, but at the same time, it's just good to know that it's in there to keep your eye on it. Um, it's something that in the future could potentially have a problem with it. But uh, at the same time, it's not like Intel is being uh, is being vul- is being sloppy in their attempts to uh, to sort of lock this thing down. Yeah, no, they've done it. They've done a good job with it. Nobody's cracked it yet, but all it takes is one really disgruntled Intel employee to walk out with the keys. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's uh, nothing is foolproof to a talented fool, as they say. So, <laughs> exactly. um, uh, you know, we'll just keep an eye on it. Uh, it's it's yet another thing to uh, to keep on your radar. Indeed, indeed. Um, go to go to my PC. Ooh, they had a bad week. They did. Uh, Go to my PC uh, was, uh, by their own reporting, was uh, hit by what they're calling a sophisticated uh, hack this weekend. And uh, to go to my PC's credit, they've uh, they've ordered a mandatory reset of basically all their users' passwords before logging into the service, which is the way to do it. That's it's 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 absolutely the right thing to do. Might be an inconvenience, but. it's a good thing to do. I think more importantly, what this does, it's, it's yet another reminder for people to uh, up the sophistication of their passwords. And most importantly, you know, don't reuse passwords. Yeah. As, as we mentioned last week when <laughs> I got, got slammed by that. After how many, three years of telling people not to reuse passwords, I myself got bit by the, bit by the reuse bug. So definitely people, don't listen to me. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right, right, exactly. When it comes to security, whatever you do, don't listen to Jason. Yes. But um, and, and you know, uh, the, actually, there's a related story this week that um, Google has come out with a, a new version of two-factor uh, authentication. Um, two-factor authentication. Some people refer to it as two-step verification or multi-factor authentication. Basically, it goes beyond a username and password. Where when you try to log into something, the system will use some additional method of verification. Typically, I think the most popular way to do it is they'll send uh, a message to you via a text message on your phone that'll usually have a six-digit code. So you go to try to log in, they'll send you a code to your phone, you get the code on your phone, you enter the code in, and now you get in. The, the, uh, the rationale behind this is that um, it's unlikely that a hacker will have access to both your username, your password, and also the physical device that is your phone. So it's a good bit of security. 
The problem with it, of course, is that um, it's an extra little step and, and people don't like extra little steps. People don't like things slowing them down from logging into their system. So that's part of what Google's trying to address this week. Uh, they've come up with a new system where rather than sending you a code, uh, you install an app on your phone and they have it for Android and iOS. And basically the multi-factor is when you try to log in, uh, it'll just pop a screen up on your phone that says, hey, are you trying to log in? And it'll have, it has two buttons, one that says yes and one that says no. So all you do is you hit yes um, and you're in. So maybe not quite as secure as them having to send you a code, but still better than nothing at all. And, and because it's easier, it doesn't slow you down so much, hopefully more people will do it. Because um, I really think we're past the point where a simple username and password is secure enough for, for anything that's really important to you. You really got to go with some sort of two-step verification system. Yeah, absolutely. With all the, with, you know, breach of the week is, you know, we got kind of tired of it because everybody kept getting breached. So your passwords are out there for sure. Um, I like this and I don't think it's less secure because it is securely, you know, talking to the app on your phone. So it is basically the same as getting a text message. And yep. it's just it just saves you that step of having to copy and paste it or type it into another prompt. I actually really like this, and I think it's very smart. Yeah, it, it is. It's it's a nice innovation from Google. Uh, you know, it, it's it's clever. Uh, it's elegant. Um, so uh, hats off to Google for coming up with this uh, an easy way to help make us all a little bit more safe. Which is not something we generally say on this program. <laughs> no, no, indeed. Well, thank you, Dave. Thanks for joining us. And we will uh, be talking to you again next week. And until then, definitely check out the CyberWire podcast at thecyberwire.com. All right. Great to be here. Talk to you soon. And we'll be right back. But now a word from our sponsors. What is Loot Crate? Loot Crate, you get collectibles, apparel, and more from your favorite pop culture franchises. Delivered right to your door every single month. We're talking a new t-shirt in every crate. Figures, comics, stuff for your kitchen. A wide range of exclusive items you can't get anywhere else from fan-favorite franchises like Harry Potter, Marvel Comics, Fallout 4, Star Wars, and so much more. You can get all this for less than $20 a month. Loot Crate, come geek out with us. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you get six to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. So make sure you head over to LootCrate.com slash Grumpy and enter code Grumpy to save 10% off any new subscription. They have a bunch of really cool stuff, including a Firefly crate, which I highly recommend because, you know, Firefly is the best. You're geeks. What better way to celebrate and support your grumpy old geeks? Get a crate today. Comment of the week. Many, many thank yous to Stacy Timpanic. I, th I do believe this would be Stacy at 15 from last week's iTunes review. She is a PayPal contributor, and we appreciate that a lot. Woo! Thank you very thank much, Stacy. Thank you. And we got a oh, new Stacia. $5. Stacia. Okay. Oh. Uh, we also got a new $5 pledge from Thomas Rose over on Patreon. That's at patreon.com slash GOG. Is it GOG? No, patreon.com slash Grumpy Old Geeks. No, it's patreon.com slash GOG. I was right the first time. That's Thank you, right. Thomas. <laughs> okay. And uh, from the website, mm -hmm. Eric writes, so there's a reason, Eric writes, so there is a reasonable replacement for the iOS podcast player. 
A friend recently turned me on to Casts. It's a fairly reasonable improvement over the stock podcast player. At one point, Songbird was a fairly strong contender for an iTunes replacement, but those guys completely jumped the shark. I haven't looked at it in ages, but my last impression was that it is now garbage. So- I tried Songbird ages upon ages ago, and even back then it didn't hold a candle. I expect they probably got a little bit better for a while, but since I've heard absolutely nothing about them from anyone else, I'm guessing it's not, it's not a deal. They didn't make their gazillions on the app? <laughs> okay, and as far as uh, podcast player replacements go, um, I I personally stand by Overcast. Um, it's free, but then you can pay for the upgrade for the Smart Speed, which is unbelievably useful because it cuts out all the silences in the show. And I have made um, great progress with that. I've, it's over 120 hours that it saved me on all the podcasts I've listened to. So I recommend Overcast if you're looking yeah. for a better like um, like hardcore tool one. Downcast is great. Um, cause that's what, what I, when I listen to the show back, it's one of the only ones that lets you upload audio straight into the app to right. play. So if you need to, to test audio, it's a great, great little uh, app for that. But, uh, yeah, overcast is my go-to cast. I played with, I wasn't a huge fan. I didn't like the, didn't really care for the interface that much. Yeah. Okay. I still use the, uh, built in baked in one. It is crap, but it works. Yeah, it's crap. But I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't found an iTunes replacement yet, though, for for, no, the, for music. No. I tried a bunch of them this week. They're all shit. Yeah. They're just terrible. So the the quest mm-hmm. continues. Maybe maybe it's on Android. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all laughed about that one. Yes. All right. So over on iTunes, uh, we got a five-star rating from Mort Subit. I'm guessing I'm pronouncing that wrong because I always do. Uh, the title is Keep On Keeping On. Longtime listener. Love the show. I'm the same age bracket as you guys and can totally relate to what you're discussing. I hope you keep doing this for as long as possible. Podcasts won't be the same without you. Have we threatened to quit? No. Okay, just checking. No. Uh, At least not my- this week. Not this week. <laughs> you make my drive home from work so great, I don't even notice the traffic, and that's saying a lot for OC traffic. Oh, you're in the OC. Come on. That's still better than LA. Uh, well, no, the fact that he's still in the OC is pretty pretty bad yeah well, you got out I, so i grew up there i left as soon as i got driver's license all right five stars from barry konecki best podcast mm. with humor on tech uh love these guys very funny and highly recommended real text makeup mix up makeup <laughs> funny and enjoyable thank you very much barry for those five stars thank you and another five star rating from jacob 512 go go gog it's kind of oh. like go go gadget go go gadget power yeah, really love this podcast. The technology insight is always timely, very good variety, and depth of topics covered. The audio producing really is professional, and it's fun, yet grumpy. Woo-hoo. But it gets better. <laughs> the show notes are a huge help. For those of us that listen in a car ride, I always look back at the clear notes and get links and details for some of the books, gadgets, or other software they mention. So, guys, you always mention one password. What's your favorite VPN? You must use an ad blocker. You must use an ad blocker or tune out the part where we say go get private internet access uh, pretty much every week. It is in the show notes, or it's actually on the website, in the sidebar. Yes. Maybe we should throw a text ad in there. I think we might have to double down on that because people do seem to be missing it. That is our, both of us use it um, for our VPNs. Uh, we have some friends that have been using it that like it as well. It's simple. It's easy. You can uh, use it on all your devices. So I have it on my phone, my iPad, and my laptop. Uh, yes, which is the best part about it is they don't charge you multiple prices to use it on multiple devices. Yeah. And uh, the night I've tried a bunch of other ones, but the great part about uh, private internet access is they're always adding new uh, locations to connect from. So, I mean, now they've got, I can connect from Russia, Romania, uh, Singapore, Israel, Mexico, Brazil, India, and you know, 
Oh, and there's a bunch of new UK ones. Oh, I guess those are probably going to be gone soon. <laughs> oh, and a quick note to my Canadian listeners. You can use this to now access your Netflix and get all the US stuff. There you go. So, yes, it's it's fairly cheap. It's $34.99 a year. Uh, yeah. Unlimited. I love it. I use it. I, I use that shit on everything. As they <laughs> say. Nice. So, yes, oh. that's our favorite VPN. And I wanted to make a quick note. I haven't even told Jason about this yet. Uh, for those of you that like the show notes and want the easy access to sorts of things, I have added an Amazon store button to our website. And uh, Jason, I'm going to have you send me over some stuff. We're going to put in at least the most recent things that we've discussed in terms of books, music, electronics, movies, etc. right there. So only the stuff we like, not the stuff we don't. So you'll always be able to see the stuff that we've talked about. Okie dokie. How yeah. about that? How about that? I had a little extra free time this week all right and we have a one-star review this week see we actually kind of like them sometimes because well, uh, that means we're doing something right yeah you always know you're doing something right when first off you get more people listening to your show our stats are doing really well and secondly people hate you yes 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 this uh, last week's episode was the most popular we've ever had so we appreciate everybody out there who's telling their friends so keep on it yep now here we go this comes from g bailey 133 in the united states Sad, sad, sad. The idea of the podcast is good, but the execution fails. Oh, thank you. All they do is insult people's political choices if they don't mash up with what they think, use bad language, and complain that they don't make any or enough money. It's like listening to a teenager. They know everything, and you know nothing. So give me money. (laughs) There seems to be a theme to the people that don't like our show. Politics. Yeah, they don't like politics. Crap on Trump. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things to do when I get a bad review is go see the other things that that person reviewed. Um, that person had reviewed a few other things, but they're all gone now. Interesting. Really? Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Thank, you, thank you, G. Bailey. I'm sure you're not listening, but. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm sorry. There, there's, you know, we're not a political show, but come on, for God's sakes. Yeah. Uh, did, you, did you see what Trump did today? No. Okay, you're, you're going to love this one. I, I got to tell this story since we're already in trouble for <laughs> okay. somebody not liking us. All right, I gotta, I'm going to bring it up really quickly. So, blue, 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 news. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> okay, so he was going to Scotland, right? Um, he went to Scotland and uh, he landed there yesterday, just after, or this morning after the Brexit thing had passed. Mm-hmm. Scotland's all 33 of their districts voted to remain in the European Union. Uh, so his tweet said, I got to find it exactly. Here it is. Uh, Just arrived in Scotland. Place is going wild over the vote. They took their country back, just like we will take America back. No games. Uh, I've also talked about my love of Lily Allen, who immediately responded, "Uh, Scotland voted to stay in the EU, you moron. Okay. You can find us on Twitter at GOG Podcast, on Instagram at Grumpy Old Geeks, or at Patreon at patreon.com slash GOG. We have a website at grumpyoldgeeks.com where you can listen to shows, leave feedback, or better yet, Ask us questions that we can read on the air. If you have friends, please tell them about the show. And please, if you like the show, drop us an iTunes review. They really do help us out, and it'll only take a minute or two. Just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes, and it'll take you right there. At the library. I finished Long Cosmos. Woohoo! It was good. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite of the books. It kind of ended really suddenly, I thought. Well, it ended really suddenly because, unfortunately, Terry Pratchett ended really suddenly. 
Well, he didn't end that suddenly. <laughs> they knew it was coming for quite some time. No, but he did pass before they finished the book. I don't know if you read the uh, the note from Stephen Baxter at the beginning of the book. Yeah, Stephen Baxter actually, actually reads it to me on the audio version. Uh, yes, so. as, well, as you said, he kind of was working off the plans that they had and some rough notes, and he kind of had to finish this one up himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel that it they didn't explore what... The, they didn't explore the long cosmos the way that they explore all the other long whatever the book title might be about, uh, which was disappointing. And we never see or find out who the people are that gave us the message to come join them. Uh, but it did, I thought, end perfectly. So. Yeah, yeah. I was very... Um, uh, no spoiler there. So No. Um, but uh, it, it, it was a touching end, uh, but a, overall the most disappointing to me of the books. Yeah, I was. It, I I felt it was. I felt the entire book was good, but I was just unsatisfied at the end. Yeah, I think that's I want, what I, I really. Wanted, yeah. I wanted the exploration. Uh, I wanted contact. I wanted first contact, especially um, with it, they talk about contact so damn much in the book. It's like you're expecting at least you know that payoff. Yeah, and you don't get it. You don't and, get it, and, and you don't get it, and it feels really weird that you don't because you, fe- like you were saying, Jason, it does feel incomplete. It feels like they were going to go there with it, and then they backed away from it. Well, his name is Stephen Baxter. So oh, that's such a fucking stretch. It <laughs> <laughs> was horrible. Oh uh, no, I know. That's why <laughs> one star review from Stephen Baxter. <laughs> I'm gonna go give us a one star review right now. <laughs> oh man, so um. I did. I do have to mention real quick that uh, last week I mentioned the book by uh, General Michael Hayden. Yes, I had to read that book because we interviewed him for work and that episode is out. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes. If you would like to listen to the Art of Charm interview with General Michael Hayden, where we talk about things like the Apple uh, cryptography controversy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Surprisingly, he comes down on the side of Apple, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, He really does not like Edward Snowden very much. Um, a lot of people don't. Yes. And, uh, he, he stands by everything that he did and he does it in a very passionate way, which was very surprising. And I find, I found myself changing my mind on a couple different issues after talking to him. He's very smart, very funny guy. I was really surprised. I just didn't want to like him, you know, when we went into the interview and by the time we were done with it, I'm like, this cat ain't so bad, (laughs) which was very surprising knowing all of the stuff that he did while he was at the CIA and NSA. (laughs) So, right. Uh, I think he I think he's coming from a good place. So definitely have to check that out. Now, uh, this week I read a book called Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. You may have seen her TED talk on grit. Uh, It's a short one. It's only like six minutes, but it's pretty good. Um, So spoiler alert, (laughs) there will be an interview with Angela Duckworth coming out for my day job coming very soon. (laughs) Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of these books seem to you seem to have interviews with the people right after. I I just, you know, Fortunately, part of my job is reading books by interesting people and then getting to talk to them. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I, it's a really fun book. I, I highly recommend it. Um, if you're interested in some of the ways that grit shapes us and how you can increase your personal grit. And you, Brian, who have been a huge fan of Adam Carolla up until you realized that he was making you depressed and me as well. Um, yeah, he's a big proponent no. of grit, you know. That's all he talks about. Grit, grit, grit. Uh, you know, you don't need anything else in the world to hell with education. You got grit. The funny thing is the studies back up that that actually is a um, a better marker for success in life than education and intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Which, I agree. And, it, and, uh, I, and I did think, you know, though, that I think it's it needs to be one of the tools in your toolkit, not the sole one. Right, right. 
Um, but did you know that actually the word grit it has been around since Old English, and it was spelled G R Y T T E back in oh. the day. It's this not. An, it's it's actually not a new thing. It's very old. Well, we just have we just got the name for our new Web 2.0 company, Jason. Gritty, right? G-R-Y-T-T-E. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So I did finish Kevin Kelly's book, The Inevitable, Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future. Yes. Um, you know, it's an interesting book. It's an interesting thought experiment. Mm-hmm. I think it is half incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. and half utter poppycock. Huh. Um, Let me tell you. I have not finished. I'm working on, but what if we're wrong thinking about the present as if it were the past by Chuck Klosterman? And that's exactly where I'm at with that. Huh, interesting. Okay. I, I will tell you more next week when I finish it. But yeah. uh, I, it's half, this is the smartest thing I've ever read. Half, this is a complete load of utter shit. Yeah. So he talks about these 12 technological forces, you know, anywhere from AI to robotics to reading and all this, all this stuff. And he'll go through like the state of the technology and then he mm-hmm. will tell a, a, a tale of what it's going to be like in the future living with this technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the part that he loses me because a lot of it is just like that sounds like a fucking hellscape that I right. never want to be part of. Or that sounds actually kind of cool. It's, it's mm-hmm. so strange how these, you know, these things just don't quite jive. And that was the problem I had with the book. I love Kevin Kelly. He's one of the smartest people out there. Right. But um, and I think even in the beginning of the book, he talks about, you know, 99 percent of everybody that predicts the future is wrong. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of this book is, you know, maybe he'll get one of the 12 right. Uh, the interesting thing that I took away from it is mm-hmm. the shit's coming. We have to deal with it. There's no yeah. there's no getting around it. You really that it's coming and right. people love it. And especially when you couple that with the videos on Shenzhen, it's like, oh, yeah, no. You know, our grumpy, curmudgeonly Luddite ways are basically, yeah, we're screwed. We are we are the old guard on the way out. And uh, there's some really neat, you know, bedrooms of the future that are coming. And we guys have to deal with it. <laughs> I, I'm totally okay with that. I'm down with that. Yeah, I'm just, you know. It's just I, I don't like the direction we're currently at right now. I think that the ship needs to be uh, righted a bit. But uh, yeah, I, I have no fear of our techno future. Okay, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like trying to get used to it after, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years of doing things one way. It's like, oh, now I got to do something completely different. Hey, Jason, if I can switch to a Mac from a PC after 30 years, you can get past this. Uh, Shit, does that mean I got to go Android? Yep. Eh, Not going to happen. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Coming up next week, though, uh, you're still working on the Laundry File series by Charles Strauss, but uh, I'm up to speed. And the new uh, novel comes out next week, I believe. I actually, it's, it's out in England. It, they shipped it to Kindle users in England first. Maybe mm-hmm. I should use my private internet access and get it <laughs> get it early. Um, it's called the Nightmare Stacks, and it's a side story. It's not the same characters that are in most of the um, the Laundry Files books. This is about these day traders who are vampires, actually, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, they they were introduced in the last book. So this should, this should be interesting. It looks like a cool concept. So, and I, I love, you know, these, I love the, the laundry file series and yeah, I, keep I, going. they get getting, better and better and better. I'm getting well into it now. I'm on the apocalypse codex, which I will get back to finishing after I finish Klosterman's book. Um, really enjoying it. Good to hear. There's more. I, I really like Charlie Strauss or Charles Strauss. 
Uh, he's one of the people that I enjoy on Twitter. And I was going to say, you, you follow him on Twitter because his Twitter feed is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's really enjoyable. It's one of the few things I like about Twitter. Uh, I just wanted to point out really quickly uh, that uh, we'll have the link in our show notes. He actually did a blog uh, as of last night because of Brexit uh, titled Tomorrow Belongs to Me. So we'll have that link in the show notes. Um, well, I didn't so- know he had a blog. I got to put that in my feed. Well, there you go. Uh, actually, again, as I say, Amazon is quickly becoming the best way to follow authors. If you go to his page on Amazon, it has his most recent blog entries oh. right there. So uh, they're, they're starting to do, Amazon's starting to do a, really a kick-ass job of taking care of authors' pages. Um, but that's an aside. So going back to Charlie's blog, uh, just to really quickly read this because I like the first paragraph. And then if you're interested in this, he this is a really well thought out of essay on what Brexit means and why it was very, very bad. Uh, So just the the beginning paragraph here. Okay, so the idiots did it. They broke the UK. This is a book launch month and I should really be blogging about the nightmare stacks, but British politics has just entered a nightmarish alignment and we're in case nightmare tweed territory. (laughs) So so if you read the books, you'll get that. And it's Oh, that's great. (laughs) So so all book related business as usual will resume tomorrow after I've vented and then he goes for it and it is a great read. Oh yeah, no, this is this is fantastic. I'm totally bookmarking this and coming back to it later. All right, do you have anything up uh, for next week? Um, finishing Klosterman, and I'll see if I get back to uh, to the uh, Apocalypse Codex. All righty then. Yep. Software, apps, and gadgets. I got me a couple apps this week. Okay. <laughs> So uh, I was mentioning that I have to read a lot of books for work. Yep. And I get books in PDF format a lot. It's actually better than you think it is because we used to get them in Kindle format, Mm -hmm. trying to take notes on a book in Kindle and then export them into a text document for when we do the show. Difficult to say the least. Didn't think about that. Good point. Um, And then we were getting net galleys, which is then pipes into, you know, um, either Kindle or Acrobat Pro because right. they're all password protected. So we said, no, you know what? Just give us PDFs. And there's a great app. Uh, well, I've, I, I tried out a couple different apps. The first one I tried out was iAnnotate 4 for iOS. Okay. One of the ugliest user interfaces I've ever seen. Not cheap. Um, I really want a refund on that one. Uh, <laughs> I highly disrecommend it. <laughs> but yeah. the reason I got that one is because they have a feature where they can when you're taking notes and annotating a PDF, when you're mm-hmm. done with it, you can email yourself a copy of all your annotations. Oh. So every note that I can take or I can highlight basically anything in the book, and right. it will take all those highlights and send me a, a, an email with mm-hmm. everything in it. Um, and I, it, it worked for a little bit, but it was just so damn ugly. And then I found PDF Expert 5 for iOS. This thing is gorgeous, mm-hmm. works like a charm, and will do the same thing with your, um, your highlights. Mm-hmm. And also I annotate had a really bad time with, you know, special characters and things like that, because I'm getting PDFs from the authors that are watermarked and have special characters here and there. Right. Totally screws up the formatting of all the highlights. PDF expert five handles them flawlessly. Okay. I think it's like 10 bucks. It's not, it's not super expensive, but if you're dealing with PDFs all the time, cause I use PDF pen pro a lot for when I had to sign PDFs, you know, like, you know, you get tax docs and contracts and things like that. You have to sign and send back. Yep. PDF Pen Pro worked great for that, but this is like what doing the highlights and stuff like that. This is it's it's very streamlined for it and works really well. So if you have to deal with PDFs on iOS, PDF Expert Five is is fantastic. I cannot uh, 
say enough nice things about it. It's made my life a hell of a lot easier. Right. Um, now you're a contractor, Brian. I am. Um, how do you time for your different clients? Uh, that'll relate to my comment about text files coming up a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I have three, I have three jobs to pay yeah. the bills. You know, give me another one star because God forbid I tell people that I have to make some money. <laughs> um, so I found Timeline for macOS it, in the app store. It is a great little timer app. You set up your your projects and then all the different things underneath them. And it's a menu bar uh, yeah. item and it has, you know, a, a full screen app. But then you can have graphs and pie charts or bar charts. And it tells you exactly what you were doing when for which project. I love this thing. It was like 10 bucks. And as far I've I've tried a ton of timers over the years, this is the one that I've consistently been using the most because it tells you which project it shows you right in the, in the menu bar, which project you're on and you just tap it to, to turn on the the timer. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually 1499. Well, okay. 1499. Still, it looks really good. This is something I'm going to have to consider. It doesn't have a lot of reviews yet. Um, I should, I'll give it a review then because I love this thing. It, 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 you know, it works great. Just being able to, at a glance, mm-hmm. look at how much time I've spent on in each individual project. Yeah. And because, you know, I'm I'm always editing other people's shows, so I can see how much time I've spent on that show. And then, I, you know, over time, I'll be able to figure out how much time I'm spending per, you know, audio minute right. per show. Because I keep getting, I get shows anywhere from 45 minutes to four hours. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's, it's, it, it'll be interesting because that way I can base my calculations for my rates on that, which is okay. kind of fun, you know, but it, yeah. I mean, just as far as a basic timer for work stuff, this thing is awesome. I love it. Cool. I, I think I might have to give this a go. Yeah. If, I mean, uh, I tell I, you what, for the 15 bucks, than, it's worth it. Yeah. It's it just, it's streamlined. It looks like it's super easy to use, super easy to keep track of different clients. And it beats my method of basically having a text file where I just wrote write in what I just did. So uh, you, that's how I've seriously. been doing it. Yeah, that's how I've been doing it. I've just, every, every project I work on has its own folder. I have a text file open. I, then I just, I type in the date and I type in the amount of time I spent on it, tab, what I just did. That's what I've been doing. So, Oh my God, you're old. I know. <laughs> oh but, my oh, Jason, God. Like you said, there's a lot of really crappy versions of, of the time, this, these sort of applications out there. And I've never found one I've actually liked. That's so, true. That, that is, that actually is true. And the funny part is I've actually written them and I don't even use my own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when so, I was, a, yeah, when I was an ad agency, I wrote a timer for everybody in the company to use. And I own that code. It was my code because I was a freelancer when I did it. So I could take it with me. I still have it. Right, right. And even and remember, I won't use it. <laughs> there was that company that uh, you hooked me up with a gig for that, that made us use Bandcamp for timing. Oh, my God. And that was a nightmare. I mean, that was a total cluster F. That was, it made no sense at all. So that time so, at Bandcamp? <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember what client that was. You had to tell me when we're off the air. Oh, you think I remember? Anyways. Uh, that's true. So I found another website called Simply Safe. Make home feel safe again. 24-7 protection. Found a website. I found a website. I don't know these, where these guys, these guys came from. These guys advertise on every single podcast in the world except for ours. I've never heard of in these fact, guys. They may even run ads on ours. <laughs> they, they actually might. I've never <laughs> heard of these no, no, guys no. till this they're, week. They're live reads and they're all over all of podcast ones. So Corolla, all those guys do Simply Safe endorsements. Well, you know what? That's some I hear bullshit. Their ads daily. 
Wow. Okay, I'm going to have to make some phone calls because we should have this on my other show. Damn it. Um, the, here's the thing, though. This I'm going to make fun of this site real quick because nothing. It says make home feel safe again. Blah, blah, blah. The first person on the front page is Dave Ramsey, financial yep. expert. Yep. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, if if you're protecting my anything, I would like the security expert, not <laughs> the financial expert. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, there, I could start going into the 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 whole spiel because I've heard it so many times, but I'm not going to because I'm not getting paid to do it. We're not getting paid. So, yeah. Yeah. How about you simply fuck off? <laughs> well, no, you just ensured we'll never get paid to run their ads. I am pretty sure, Brian, I, I didn't have to say that to know that we're never <laughs> going to get paid to run their ads. OK, hey, we might get picked up by podcast one <laughs> in your dreams. Uh-huh. Not really. I heard. Never mind. Insider podcast information. Anyways, <laughs> going back to my method of keeping uh, time uh, and things like that and by creating a new text file and things. Uh, one of the biggest frustrations for me from switching from full-time PC over to a Mac, uh, well, beyond the fact that I've had to learn different key commands, but once I start to sort all that out, it's all going swimmingly. But the one thing... Oh, that swimmingly. <laughs> nice. I can't believe you uh, said swimmingly. <laughs> The one thing that Mac does not have that I relied on regularly for PC was uh, right-click, new text file. Okay. Uh, the only way to do it is to launch text editor or something like that, and then you just type whatever you want, and then you save it, and then you have to select the folder that you want it saved in. I loved being able to create a text file in any folder I wanted. In fact, that's part of like my process for the... I have a new client. I'm, I create a new folder. I name it after the client. I open up the cl- that folder. I create a new text file immediately called logins. In that file, all the basics of everything that I just created for them, their login for the server name, the FTP, the blah, 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 blah. It all just goes right in there. So creating a new text file is part of my workflow. And that does not exist on Mac until I found a way to make one. And the link is in the show note. And it uh, uses Automator, uh, from Apple's Automator and a couple other different things. And it basically cre- recreates the process of right-clicking and creating a new text file. The caveat to that is it does not work anywhere. You actually have to create on an existing file. So a file has to exist in that folder already, which sucks, but it's better than nothing. Okay. Um, point number one. Yes. Um, are you encrypting your hard drive? Yes. Okay. Making sure of that one. Because if you got text files lying around with everything no in there, shit, Jason. I just, hey man, look at, look, I, I'm the guy that had like 270 websites that use the same password after talking about this shit all the time. <laughs> look, hey, ain't nobody safe, right? I, I own I, that one. Everything is on an external drive that is encrypted. Okay, yeah, File Vault. Um, just make sure you run that. The other thing that I would say is what I do instead of using uh, actual text files. Mm-hmm. One of the great features of One Password are secure notes. So for every new client or website, I just create a new secure note with all of that information. Then I know it's encrypted and in one password. So it's like, you know, double, super, mega fucking encrypted, you know? Right. Except it sits on Dropbox. But it's 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 encrypted. <laughs> no, I know. So. <laughs> but, but this one goes to 11. It goes to 11. I like my text file folder thing. It's just, it's it's a workflow thing that I've been doing for years that works for me. I know it's probably not necessarily the best method, but it's something I've just always done. It's part of just natural muscle memory and everything like that. So not having the create new text file as a right click was driving me insane. Just saying I solved that issue. All right. Congratu- congratulations, sir. Thank you. 
Media Candy. I am a huge fan of the Sisters of Mercy. Uh, Andrew Elridge, the lead singer slash songwriter slash basically mainly one man band because the band changed every album. They have not released an album since 1990. Oh my God, it's been that long? Vision thing, which was a tirade against George W. Bush yeah. uh, and all of that. Yes, it's been that long. Not that they haven't had new songs. They play new songs when they play live. Uh, he just got in a huge kerfuffle with his label and is just throwing a hissy fit about it. So they don't actually release anything anymore. They are contemplating potentially releasing some things. Uh, basically, he said, I'll definitely make another album if Trump is elected because there's no way I'll be able to keep my mouth shut. Okay. Now, as much as I want a new Sisters of Mercy album, I do not want it that badly. (laughs) True that. Yeah. Talk about a double-edged sword. (laughs) Yes. So, Andrew, I would love to hear your new music, but please, please, not, not, don't make Trump being a requirement. Please. The love of God. Uh, We have a link in the show note to an interview that he did recently. Uh, He is very erudite. He is very well-educated. He has a lot of good things to say. um, And I I think any interview that he puts out is worth reading. So give it a go. And if you don't listen to the Sisters of Mercy, do, because they're awesome. Yes, they're one of the most amazing bands. I love them. Yeah. Uh, I watched the new Top Gear. Oh, no. Oh, no. I watched the very first episode of the new Top Gear. I can say I will not be going back to watch any more of them. Whew. <laughs> uh, but all things said and done, not as bad as the press would have led me to believe it was going to be. It was fine. Uh, it felt a little forced. Um, it felt a little... If I were into Cars, I would still like the show. But I'm not. I'm into Clarkson, Hammond, and May. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at the top. There's like seven people on that show now. Well, they yeah, they're they're trying to hit all demographics, right? Like uh, they're they're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah, because seriously. Bottom line, bottom line is the two co-hosts, um, what's his face from Friends, and the radio guy from England, Chris Evans, and Matt LeBlanc. Uh, Matt LeBlanc and Chris Evans do not have any kind of chemistry together. Because Matt LeBlanc does not have chemistry with anybody. <laughs> yeah, he is they, a rock. <laughs> yeah, they they do not work at all as a team. So obviously they're throwing other people in. The woman in there is, I believe, a German auto racer herself. Wasn't um, she on the? She was on the she, show before. Yes, she was on the show before. She is fantastic. Her yeah, sex, she's badass. Yeah, her Sabine Schmitz. Mm-hmm. Is her. So very German. She is very funny, very good. And her segment on the initial episode was was very funny. Uh, but yeah, not going back. Going to stick with Clarkson, Hammond and May. OK, so, there are a lot of people. And then finally, uh, OJ made in America. I like no. OJ from Florida. Me too. Well, Florida <laughs> is part of America, sadly. Uh, shit, really? Yeah. OK. Yeah. Anyways, uh, there was the the fictional, you know, the, the miniseries with actors that redid everything that was very, very popular. This is uh, I know you're not a sports ball guy, Jason. No, I'm not. ESPN has a series called 30 for 30, which is very highly rated. It's basically 30 minute short uh, documentaries about uh, about sports and different sport you know, people, events, etc. This is a, a five part. Uh, very, very long. All of these episodes are like an hour and a half to almost two hours. Uh, I thought you said for, they were 30 minutes. Well, this is a, this is yeah, 30 for 30 people made it, but it's a very ambitious, huge documentary event. And uh, having been around in LA at that time, in fact, being in college, uh, it's uh, kind of amazing to go back and revisit this. Um, and they go back and, and, and just, go through everything and you come out of this going, how the hell did this guy not end up in jail? 
Because his son did it. Yeah, right. Go read the book, man. Well, that's what he did. Anyways. He was protecting his kid. His son killed her. Yeah, we'll see. I doubt it. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. Um, the footage is amazing, and it's just it's such a weird thing to go back and walk through this all over again. I wish you could just get it on TV because I would send this to a bunch of people who are, you know, big fans of this. But if you have to sit in front of your computer to watch it, that kind of sucks. No, you can get it on TV. Uh, ESPN's airing it and it's on demand. Oh, perfect. Okay, sweet. (laughs) I will then I will pass this around. Yep. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Moron of the week. I was never a huge Blink-182 fan, but a lot of people were. Um, Tom DeLonge. DeLonge. DeLonghi has quit Blink-182. Oh, I, know, uh, I didn't know that they were still a thing even. No, <laughs> uh, they quit quite a while ago, but uh, we never really knew why. There was some acrimony, too, from what I hear. I remember hearing that the band members all ended up hating each other, and it's a lot of frustrations. Isn't uh, that every he, band, though, after like a yeah, couple tours? Yeah, pretty much. It's every band after a few tours. But uh, this, this guy left for a completely unrelated reason. Uh, he uh, quit the band to focus on national security issue known as UFOs. What? So he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. Okay. Here's here's a quote from that he said to uh, that he told Mike in a recent interview. MIC. The links in the show notes. When you're an individual like me dealing with something that's a national security issue, and you're being gifted with the opportunity to communicate something you've been passionate about your whole life, something that is the opportunity to change the world over time, being a small part of that is enormously important for my life path. But I can't do everything. I can't tour nine months out of the year with enough time to do the enormity of what I'm setting out to do. Okay, yeah, you're loony, Ben. Yeah, he's loony. So if you were a big fan of Blink-182, sorry, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. That's fine. <laughs> and they, they, I have weren't real, they weren't really good. <laughs> I have another moron of the week, and this is more of a personal score to settle. Oh, uh, my goodness. Ooh, okay, burn. Go ahead. <laughs> this is nothing. This is not, I'm not burning Alanis. This oh. is just related to Alanis. I had to deal with the the head of GSO business management, Jonathan Schwartz, uh, who not only managed Alanis's funds, but also had other clients, including Beyonce and Mariah Carey. Uh, I was owed quite a bit of money. They wanted some stuff that they didn't think to ask for when they decided they didn't want to pay me money. I refused to give them the stuff until they paid me money. I was called many, many names by Jonathan Schwartz. I was told how unprofessional I was and how I was such an asshole and I would never work in the industry again by Jonathan Schwartz. Um, (laughs) By Jonathan Schwartz. Jonathan Schwartz just lost a lawsuit that Alanis uh, brought against him because he's been embezzling money for for years. Oh, so who's the asshole now? Man, oh, that sucks. Yep. Well, look, I've always said I have a really good radar about assholes. (laughs) <laughs> your asshole dar is is My asshole dar is superb <laughs> uh, then i don't know how i snuck through you're not an <laughs> asshole you just play one on the podcast oh that's true that's true Ah, oh, that sucks for alanis you always told me she was a great gal but she was she's a really nice person i mean she's got i don't know if you've heard her that, podcast but <laughs> well i did I, I don't necessarily i mean that's to me the same as <laughs> going off on a ufo hunt i mean she's basically <laughs> stopped doing music to do a self-help podcast but okay yeah <laughs> okay. Well, so Jonathan Schwartz is apparently a dick. So, well, well, you shouldn't steal money from people. Ooh, fancy. Fancy. Ooh, fancy. I used to be a Lego guy when I was a kid, right? Everybody yep. was. Yep. Um, I found this thing called Japan Brickfest. And it's a Lego fest, apparently. But uh I, there's two reasons I put this in the show notes. 
This is called The Great Ball Contraption, which is quite possibly the greatest YouTube video name ever. It, you'd think it'd be on, uh, you know, Pornhub, but it is awesome. It's like a seven minute video or how I don't even know how long it is. It's it's, it's a long video of just right. balls moving around a track with all these different things like Archimedes screws and reverse Archimedes screws and things handing balls off to the other ones and uh, laser sorters. I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating to watch. Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. It's very cool. <laughs> it's just neat. Uh, it is just neat. It, you know what it is? It's fancy. It is fancy, hence the segment. Speaking of fancy, uh, the Rolls-Royce 103EX. Now, this is their, you know, because it's the 100-year anniversary of Uh, Rolls-Royce. So they put out this concept car. It's obviously a self-driving car, has no steering wheel. Um, Mm -hmm. This thing, now, we talk about Top Gear a lot. We also have made fun of the supercars when they're driving around London and cannot go over a speed bump yes, without, so without 35 <laughs> miles an hour, but you have to go one mile an hour through any realistic driving area or coming out. Remember when they came out of the parking garage, that one where they had to like pull out the boards and, yes. and stop traffic for like half an hour. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so I'm looking at this thing, this Rolls Royce 130 EX uh, with its, you know, crazy top and everything thinking, you you just have to go look at it because it's very Blade Runner. It looks like a flying car. It, it looks, looks like it should be a flying car. But it, it might be useful if it flew. Because you cannot drive this thing. The clearance is two inches from yeah. the front bumper to the wheel. This is the yeah. stupidest thing I've ever fucking seen. I could drop a couple Legos in front of it and you wouldn't be able to drive. Yes, I know. It's just like, what that did? No. How stupid. I mean, yes, it's pretty for the thing. And fortunately, it is a concept car, so they know it's never going to be made. Right. But the the entire point of the thing is like it should at least be at a glance something that you think you could drive. But I look at this and go, that's never going in. They, they can't get that out of the room, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Some people. Too much Some money, people. too little sense. The web's not dead. I found an interesting article by Alex Proud. It's in the Telegraph, uh, the British magazine. Is he it's loud written and on, proud? Hmm? Is he loud and proud? I, I believe so. Yeah, it was a good article. I haven't read much by him before. Uh, it was written on the 15th of June, and given that Brexit just happened, I'm sure he'd like to revisit this article. Maybe he can um, work for Tronk. Yeah. Perhaps the world's conspiracy theorists have been right all along. We used to laugh at conspiracy theorists, but from FIFA to banking scandals and the Iraq war, it seems they might have been onto something after all, says Alex Proud. And it's a fun little read and a good article. And obviously, I'm not conspiracy theory like we faked the moon landing or things like that. He gets more into the, yeah, maybe the rich are screwing us. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, if you're under 30, bad luck, you're screwed. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the moon landing thing. By the way, there was a, uh, I was going to put this out last week, but then I realized it was an older thing. Uh, NASA has released like 11,000 or 10,000 photos, like all the photos <laughs> that they took from when they left to when they got back. So yeah, you can you actually go in. And, huh? You've had, you've had 30 years to fake those now. Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. But I actually, I had a friend who was, he, he, you know, a, a friend of the show, Calby. He's he, yeah. he always sends us good stuff. Yeah. He was like seriously saying, there are two shadows on this one photo. You can't have two shadows unless you have two light sources. And, and when you're on the moon, 
you're thinking the sun is the only light source. And I'm like, dude, you've worked in a studio. They the have earth, lights. The earth. No, they didn't. Not on the moon. Uh, but the earth is right over there. The earth is acting as a reflector. So you have two light ship, sources. Dude. Huh? There were lights on the lander. Well, still, here, here's the point. It, <laughs> he would have been working on this stuff for ages. And I'm like, uh, right. the, the, the earth's a reflector. And he's like, oh. Oh, oh yeah, there's that. Yeah. He's like, oh, shit. And it, <laughs> so. Anyways, this, this article leads in with those ridiculous conspiracies, but then gets more into the the real ones that oh, uh, we I should see. be okay. paying attention to. Oh, yeah, this looks good. It's quite a good read. Oh, Grexit. So Greece is leaving now, too? <laughs> I, think they, I think they would probably be happy to be rid of Greece. <laughs> oh, yeah, Germany wanted Grexit a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, but anyways. Okay. Oh, fun times. Fun I thought we weren't a political show. We're one star. Not to be, but goddamn world won't stop. <laughs> one star. That should be the title for <laughs> this episode. Star. That should be our title. Are you kidding me? Love it. Speaking of other things that NASA's probably faking. <laughs> okay. News came out this week that we actually, NASA is confirming that we have a second mini moon. Um, what? No shit. After it's been in orbit, it's been around Earth's orbit for about a century. It's a tiny asteroid that has earned NASA's recognition as Earth's new mini moon. Oh, we'll leave it to Neil deGrasse Tyson next week. He'll be like, it's not a moon. It's not big enough to be a moon. It it (laughs) measures between 120 feet to 300 feet in diameter, somewhere in there. It's small. That's not very big. It's smaller than the ISS. Yeah, slowly circling the sun on a similar orbit, and Earth and NASA scientists now reveal that it also circles Earth, much like the moon. So we have a second moon. How cool is that? Uh, NASA scientists estimate that Earth's new playmate known as Asteroid 2016 HO3 sounds like one of our one-star combinators. (laughs) (laughs) Has probably been around for about 100 years. It was first detected on April 27th by the PanSTARRS-1 Asteroid Survey Telescope in Hawaii, operated by the University of Hawaii's Institute for Astronomy. Uh, It's currently in Earth's orbit, but it may not stay for long in terms, or at least not in the grand scheme of the timeline of the universe. The asteroid has its own unique orbital pattern, doing a slow back and forth twist over multiple decades. And so it should be around us for a few more centuries, but then it's just going to move on, much like Trump's hair. (laughs) How far out is it, does it say? Uh, No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Probably somewhere in there. I, I just uh, kind of did an excerpt there. Okay. I'll, I'll, feeling, I'll check I, it out. I have a feeling it's kind of moving in and out a little bit. So Yeah, I just didn't know if it was going to start like taking out satellites, if it was like, you know, near, near <laughs> no, like it's our... not it's not that close to us. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good to know. Yeah, good to know. Although, you know, it's been a while since we've had a disaster movie that involved sending Bruce Willis up into space. Hey, man, I love that movie. Don't don't I fucking know knock it. Do. I'll take Deep Impact any day. I watched that for the first time and it, it sucked. I hated Deep Impact. <laughs> we, we should go. Bo- we should both go watch those volcano movies again and see which one we like. Oh, none of them. None of them. I, wa- I don't. I don't think I saw either. Actually, uh, what honest. was the one with Pierce Brosnan? Because that was the worst one of the I bunch. I, I can't remember what they were called. Okay. Well, coming soon on Does It Have Legs? Volcano porn. <laughs> I want to give a closing shout out to my sane British friends. I'm pouring out a little bit of pims for you guys. And I've got to say to uh, the idea that Americans are isolationists, um, I'm very proud and happy for many, many of my friends who were not paying any attention to Brexit or what was going on uh, <clears throat> until people started to go, oh, boy, 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh no. <laughs> the pundits were wrong. The polls were wrong. Things are starting to go seriously pear-shaped. And and people I know, educated, smart people, uh, got themselves up to speed real quick and joined in with being horrified last night. So Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's a it's a tough week. It's been a tough twenty sixteen. It has. It really has. We've lost we've lost many musical icons and now we've lost England. Sanity. <laughs> we've lost sanity that's for sure and england we that's lost. for damn sure yes yeah. it's the ununited kingdom at this point yeah because now now scotland's gonna pair off and uh scotland we- and ireland are out and uh yeah we'll see yeah hey anyways it's it does not bode well for us in november either so let's, no uh, it doesn't let's, let's, it doesn't you know we may be ramping up our one star ratings here pretty soon because i think uh i think this is a call to arms to all sane people yeah, get off your ass and fucking vote for the shit that you believe in. That's the yep. important thing that you need to understand. Yes. Yeah, don't <sighs> just think it's going to work out. Okay, so my shout out of the week goes to Seth Miranda of the Grime Life podcast, but also yes. lastxwitness.com. He's a photographer. We were on his show. Uh, at some point, we're going to have him on our show to talk about the trials and tribulations of being a freelancer in this day and age. Because <laughs> um, he's gone through a lot of the same stuff we have, and he's a photographer doing it. And I... I, you know, I, I'm a trained photographer. That's what I went to college for. Like you went to college for music. I went to college for photography. I cannot even fathom how he's making any money as a photographer in this day and age with cell phones and everybody's got a camera, you know? Yes. It is a completely different skill set than people that have cell phones. It's like, I can, I can make myself look good in a selfie. I got my angles down. That can't, that doesn't mean you can do editorial photography, but Seth made me an awesome T-shirt after we talked about it uh, on a previous Grumpy Old Geeks. Um, I'm going to be wearing this T-shirt to the podcast movement here in Chicago in uh, early July. I think it's about two weeks out. So uh, if you see me wearing uh, my shirt, it'll be in the show notes. Come up and say hi. And uh, (laughs) that's about it. But if you're you're going to podcast movement, which probably nobody listening to the show is doing, um, eh, come say hi. I'll be around. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited that you're doing that. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm actually, uh, do you have your whiskey ready? I do. I'm boarding the dog for three days uh, with, with her trainer. So it's, she's not going to like some puppy hotel. She's actually going to be staying with her trainer. So, um, which was the hardest thing to figure out. Uh, but, uh, hope, hope, hopefully that was delicious. Um, smooth. So I can hang out cause, uh, my day job, the art of charm is up for best business podcast of the year, which is very funny cause we don't do business shows anymore. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I have to go and like wear a nice outfit just in case we win. So that'll be fun. So yeah, if you're, if you're hanging around podcast movement, come say hi. I'd love to chat and hang out because I don't know anybody. There are like two people that are going to be there at this point. So I'm going to be the guy in the corner playing with his iPad, <laughs> like <laughs> with, uh, you know, feeding his virtual cats in his virtual house. <laughs> so come say hi. All right. Say hi to Jason. Have fun with that. I will. I will. It'll be, it'll be cool. I think I get to see, uh, Kevin Smith in person. Ooh. Oh boy. I hear he slimmed down a lot. Who cares? His, he still wears this chance, though. I don't know anybody that listens to his shows anymore, so I don't know why he's even going there. <laughs> I figured his his podcast experiment had failed a long time ago, but apparently he's still going. No, and, he does quite well. And I get to see all the Gimlet people and Serial people. Ooh. So they'll talk very slowly and have like a soundtrack following them around. 
NPR style. And totally NPR style. I will be making fun of a lot of people at that conference. So definitely you want to you definitely want to follow my Twitter. I am now at JP Def. I've gone back from Jason.com because the joke is over. Kim.com is, you know, not to be seen anywhere anymore. So I think he might be in Guantanamo. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. I'm Jason DeFilippo. You can check me out at JPD.me. And on Twitter, I am at JP Def. And I'm Brian Schellmeister, and you can find me on Twitter at SlenderFungus. Grumpy Old Geeks is a partially fan-supported show. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com GOG. We really appreciate your support. If you don't want to or can't donate but still want to support the show, please go to grumpyoldgeeks.com iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars or tell a friend about the show. Intro music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Apple Music, which nobody can use. Or you can donate through the Grumpy Old Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. Outro music for the show is provided by Andy Stochansky. You can follow Andy at twitter.com slash houseofandy, and he's also on SoundCloud at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash Andy. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 165. Brexit? They fucking wrecked it. <laughs>